Welcome to The Buzz with Bernie, where we talk about all things economic development with your host, two-time former director of the South Carolina Department of Revenue, Bernie Maybank. Bernie, thank how are you? Ya? Thank you. <laughs> Doing very well. I'm glad to be talking about film today. That's right. You know, outside of um, being able to see my family outside of state, the one thing that I've been missing during these COVID times is going to a theater, get my big old bucket of popcorn right. and a Diet Coke and watching a good Flick. And of course, South Carolina has served as a backdrop for so many really big movies. Some of the most notable, I guess, The Notebook and Forrest Gump, of course. Bunch of Tides. Yes. And I'm hearing, did Bernie, did you get involved? Was your property the backdrop of something big? Well, we had an independent film shot there. It was a classic independent film. You had some senior actors, Mickey Rourke and Barbara Bain, and you had some hot actors, Tim Roth. Those are some pretty big names, though. Did that is that movie something we recognize now? What, I know sometimes they don't always go to fruition. What what they did back in the day, and then maybe they still do this, is the independent films are shot and then for relatively low dollars, and they're enter, entered into film festivals. Gotcha. If they win the film festival, then they're picked up. If they don't win the film festival, they they go away. Well. You just made mention Dan Rogers is Senior Project Manager at the South Carolina Film Commission and our guest today. And Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Can you explain you know, how that all works? Yeah, exactly. Films? So, uh, I mean, back in the day that when, when they were actually shot on film, um, I think it was, if, it could have been called Animals and it the Toolkeeper. Yeah. Um, it was an independent film. You're good, film Dan. <laughs> try to remember. Um, and yeah, it, you, you, you make the circuits, you try to build up some notoriety, winning film festivals, and then distribution companies say, hey, okay, you've got something worth spending more money on, so we'll, we'll, we'll do the print and advertising and get the word out and put place it in theaters. Of course, today, you know, anybody, I mean, they, they don't shoot on film anymore. Um, anybody can become a filmmaker, you know, with yes. your phone, and you get, a, you get your own uh, channel if you want, um, stream it and put it out there and, and, you know, more power to you. I think it's great that anybody can do this now. I mean, it's still expensive. It's still, you still re requires the same mechanisms in place, but there are a few things that have changed that allow at least filmmakers the opportunity to, to have their work shown. Sure. That, that creative outlet. Um, before we start talking about all the great things South Carolina offers to filmmakers, um, bring us through, the, the COVID hurdles that you faced. I, I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous. I've always thought you have the best job on the universe um, because it, <laughs> it has it, its moments. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But I, I do know that this has been a fairly stressful time. And you were telling us off camera um, that there have been some production that had to shut down because of the pandemic. Sure. I mean, we're obviously like the whole country, everybody is trying to wrap their arms around and figure out what are we dealing with? And particularly in the film industry, when you consider it's, you know, it takes about 175 people to put together a major motion picture or TV series. And those 175 people are usually confined to a very tight wind, you know, area on a set. And obviously hair and makeup, you're, you're physically touching, you know, you the, the camera crew, the sound crew, you're, you're, you're all kind of just working together in this very tight environment. So the industry has had to figure out you know, how do we, how do we still do what we need to do, um, and yet, you know, do our craft uh, the way it's always been done? And so everyone's had to come up with new guidelines and protocols, including states that are that are you know allowing films to come in. You know, what are what are the guidelines in each area of the state? 
So we've had to keep uh, filmmakers um, updated on, on, you know, what the state has been going through. And we've been obviously leaning on commerce and, and their website and getting the information to them to help understand the dynamics that they're faced with. But yeah, just in terms of the, the pure filmmaking aspect, it has changed dramatically. And they found, I, I've seen at least, the ones that have come through. And of course, it's, it was an election year, so we've had a lot of commercials shooting here. And we've asked, you know, these production companies when they when they come through to please send us their protocols so that we can at least get a feel for how they're doing it. And most of them have been very uh, consistent, very um respective of where they are and who they're working with and how they're, how to go about it. Um, some productions create zones now. So you have like a red zone that only the actors and the key people can be in. You have a yellow zone around that, that you can't get even further than that. And you have a green zone outside that circle that allows all the other crew to uh, uh, still do what they want to do and need to do without necessarily getting into that six foot uh, barrier, if you will, with the actors. Cause you know, in this industry, if only one of your actors gets sick, you're done. You can't, you know, you can't just suddenly, well, you could try to rewrite that character out, but it, it's much more difficult to do, particularly if it's a, um, you know, a star that you just can't do without. It sounds like we're turning a corner, though. Could you give us a little insight? There was a production underway. They took a hiatus, but you're, you're saying they're going to come back in January. Can you talk about that scenario? Absolutely. We, we hope uh, HBO's The Righteous Gemstones will, will come back. They had started shooting in March, I think two or three days when, you know, uh, COVID hit. And they, had, they, you know, HBO as a corporate, you know, entity said, you know, look, we, we want to protect our, our, our crew, our workers, our employees, and uh, not, not put anybody at risk with everything, you know, in flux. So they waited. And, and then when our state spiked, they were hoping to do um, some shooting in July. And at that point we were spiking and it just became, you know, too, again, too, um, dicey, uh, dicey. Yeah. To, to try that. So, and, and not a lot of people had done much. I think Tyler Perry in Georgia was the first one to really kind of get something off the ground because he kept everything really contained in, and, and, you know, everyone was basically quarantined in his set on his studio lot. And so that was the way he was able to do it. But once somebody got it going, the others picked up and we're hoping that uh, HBO and the crew of the Righteous Gemstones will be able to return uh, in January to hopefully start shooting in March. Well, tell us a little bit about the film commission. Who are, who are you? Who are y'all? Well, there's, there's three of us in the film commission. Uh, we fall under the umbrella of PRT, Parks, Recreation and Tourism. Um, and it's been an interesting ride. I've been uh, with the film commission for 32 years started out at the Department of Commerce, which actually back in those days, it was called the Development Board. And I was under Governor Carol Campbell. And then we, during the 99, I think, restructuring, state restructuring in 99, the legislature said, you know what, you guys need to go over to tourism because when films are shot um, or TV series or anything like that, it brings tourists here. And we want to show off the state in that regard. And that, that was fine, you know, as long as we could do what we do. We did it at PRT, then moved us back to Commerce, that moved us back to PRT in 2008. So we, we you know, it's, it's that, that combination of, of economic development and tourism that we do, we are all about. And um, it, it allows us to, to both bring in jobs and yet also have, uh, see 10, 15 years down the road, the, the, the impact on the state when a film like The Notebook is yes. still bringing in people. Prince I, I know Charles. Prince, Prince of Tides, yeah, crazy. yeah. 
we, we got a call from a Japanese travel agency after Forrest Gump came out. <laughs> they wanted to bring in people from Japan to go look at the locations um, that Forrest Gump shot in because it was so popular. Um, in fact, the Prince of Tides, when it was released in Japan, uh, Jackie Mashida, who was at Commerce, told us that um, the, the, the language, the Japanese language, didn't have the word for tides, I guess because there's so much water, you know, uh, individual water words. So they literally translated the movie The Prince of Tides into South Carolina in, in, in all the Japanese uh, theaters. So here you have a movie with Barbara Streisand and Nick Nolte called South Carolina. That you know? is awesome. Uh, yeah, it is. Who is at the film commission besides yourself? Uh, me, uh, of course, and and Tom. Tom Clark is is the director uh, of of our office, and Matt uh, Storm, who came on board last year. Matt was a location manager on a TV series uh, that shot in Rock Hill, um, and he he was had moved out to Atlanta with his family, and um, we needed an extra person on board to help uh, kind of manage these projects. So thankfully he was able to come back home. His wife is from Columbia and he grew up in the area as well. And uh, so there's, there's three of us here in the office. So Bernie, let's get to it. You, you actually helped out, right? With some incentives and writing some of the language here? Correct. Uh, in the, back in the day, the states only offered limited income tax incentives and, and the companies just were not interested in income tax incentives. They couldn't use them. So Jeff Monks, the former film commissioner, and I, I was director of revenue at the time, we went out to California four times and, uh, and talked with the various production companies and, and said, you know, what will it take to bring you to South Carolina? used to be that it was based on location, the beauty of the location. They'd shoot a film based upon the location. Well, that quickly changed as Canada started offering them huge amounts of money. So we, after talking to them, we did a, a rebate program. So it's hard dollars. So South Carolina was one of the first states to offer hard dollars. And so it, it, it worked very well. We, we basically took an industry that had largely gone away and brought it back. The other states have responded. Louisiana offered a huge rebate. They got, they got taken advantage of by the industry and the film commissioner was indicted and so they largely shut it down. Uh, Georgia is currently the, the uh, largest um, film state in the nation by far. It costs the state of Georgia, uh, Dan told me, $700 million a year, <laughs> which is a lot of money. And South Carolina, Dan, what is our film incentive program today? How much money do you have to recruit film and TV to South Carolina? Yeah, we generally have about $15 million, uh, to give away. It's a combination of a direct uh, um, applying a, a direct amount and then whatever we, whatever the state, uh, we get a percentage of the admissions tax. So we say it's about $15 million. Sometimes it's a little bit more, uh, but that gives us that $15 million at least gives us the, you know, when we're talking to studios and trying to recruit the industry here, that, that gives us a number to work with that everybody. Who do you recruit? You recruit more than just film, correct? Sure. Yeah. We recruit film, TV series, uh, TV episodes, commercials, print ads, music videos, industrials, anything that, that gets shot, if you will. Uh, and, and they, they require, you know, any help from us. We have a location database of over 10,000 locations. We have as part of that database, we also have uh, a, what we call our production directory and that product inside that directory are crew that you can, as a freelance crew person, you can list, uh, you have to be a South Carolina citizen, of course, but you can put your name out there and it becomes basically like a phone book 
that allows these out-of-state or in-state producers that are looking for crew a chance to find them in, in, in one place and then also find suppliers. I think right now I did a little uh, number crunching before this uh, we came on, and I, we have right now currently 488 crew and 330 what we call support service or suppliers listed in that directory. And tell us, going back 10, 15 years, tell us the films and TV series that have been shot in South Carolina. Oh, sure. So we've mentioned The Notebook, Forrest Gump, uh, Prince of Tides, Sleeping with the Enemy, The Abyss, uh, The Jungle Book. The, one of the, not the, <laughs> there's been several iterations yes. of The Jungle Book. This is back in, um, in Buford, uh, back in the um, 90s, I believe. Um, we've had, uh, of course, The Patriot. We've had television series like Army Wives. That was the first one when, when Bernie and Jeff were able to get the incentive started that produced uh, the chance for us for the first time ever to have a TV series. And we love TV series because they're here for six, seven months. They hire hundreds of people basically during that whole time. They're eating out a lot. They they eat out a lot. They, they live there. Catherine Bell, when she was one of the actors, she bought a house. She even had her, her mom and dad move from California to stay with her and her kids and her husband while they were there because she loved South Carolina so much. That's awesome. Um, now, you've left out my all-time favorite movie, though, Pet Detective, which was Pet Detective, Ace Ventura, <laughs> of course, yes, Ace Ventura. And Coal yeah. Mountain, p- portions of Coal Mountain, they were actually filmed right across from our property on Edisto. That's exciting. Yeah, portions of Coal Mountain. And that was an interesting film because it was written for the mountains of North Carolina Nobody had incentives at the time, but the producers shot the bulk of it. Like Bernie said, we only got a little bit. We were the only American, uh, the, the only portion of it shot in America was in Charleston, was here in South Carolina, because the bulk of it was shot in the Romanian mountains because it was cheaper. Again, it was, it's, it's a, it, as I tell everybody that calls me, you know, this is show business. Yeah, we all want to, you know, we have our, our dreams and all that, but you have to understand it's a business decision to make, to decide where to shoot because there's so much expense involved. Uh, when you, like I said, you've got 175 people, they're all making 25, $28 an hour average. They're working 10, 14 hours a day. The average feature film takes about 30 to 45 days to shoot. And you've got to put all those people up, feed them, rent the equipment. And it's, it's a huge undertaking for a producer to basically come to our state with a check and a script. And they have to create their product in a very tight window manufacture that product, create it, and then get it out to market right after that. So they're taking a, a huge leap of faith to say, when they come to us, do we understand their needs? Do we have the qualified crew? Nowadays, of course, as Bernie mentioned, it used to be all about locations, but nowadays it's like, do you have the incentives in place to help help us make that decision of where to shoot? Here's the part of your job that I, I don't envy. It's got to be hard to narrow it down. So how does that work? What are you looking for when people come to you um, hoping – possibly to work out some sort of incentives to shoot here? Sure. I mean, we, 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 first of all, try and find out if, if, you know, does it have any mention of South Carolina? You know, that, that helps certainly yes. it's not a deal killer, but like when I said army wise was shooting here, they actually wrote it. I mean, it took place. It was Fort Marshall, South Carolina was the, the, the location. And so that kind of advertising, if you will, you know, free advertising for the state, you know, army wise was like number one on lifetime for many years, it was on for seven seasons. And every Sunday when that aired, they always mentioned Charleston, South Carolina, Fort Marshall in Charleston, South Carolina. It was free advertising for the state. 
so that that's that 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 like I, I, you know, we we got the direct spending, the indirect spending, and, and the induced spending that happens with this industry, and that induced spending is is a huge component. So we we think we think along those lines. We also think along the lines of okay, um, who's behind this? You know, can they can they bring notoriety? Can they you know help us you know elevate our our uh, stature, if you will, in the industry? So you know, Danny McBride, the actor, uh, director, and producer and writer. He decided to move to Charleston uh, after shooting a series called Vice Principles, and now he and his uh, partner, his production company, Rough House, which comprises of himself, David Gordon Green, and Jody Hill, live in Charleston now, and they're doing The Righteous Gemstones. They also did Halloween. Um, we also lost their, they, they want to do three versions of their Halloween in their mind. We got the first one in 2018. We lost the second one in 2019 because we ran out of money. Now we're hoping maybe the third one will we'll have enough money when that comes around that we can, you know, hopefully bring them back home. Fifteen million is not a lot of a lot of money. What what sort of movies have y'all had to turn down because you didn't have the money? Oh wow! Uh, I think last year, twenty nineteen. Uh, of course, this year is an odd year, so you can't really count it as right. how many we could have. But last year, we turned down. Well, I say turned down. We we had calls, and they they. I always, I'm always careful when I, when I first call, when they're first calling, because I want to get at least an idea of, you know, how much, what's your budget? Because again, with our 15 million, we have to allocate those dollars. So if you've got a $50 million budget, that's going to take this amount out of our, out of what we have to give, leaving us this minute, you know, this minuscule amount left. What do we do with that? So we always have to kind of ask these questions up front. And I think we turned down 29 projects to the tune of potentially $350 million. Uh, in 2019. And what were some of the names of them that were filmed? Um, one of them was, it has, it's an NBC series called the council of dads. Um, it's, I don't know if it's, if it's aired yet, but I've heard about it. They ended up shooting it, I believe in Savannah. Um, we've had several that, that, uh, that came through that just didn't, you know, I'd have to go look in the, at the list to see what, you know, what their names were. But. And we're running out of time, so let me ask you a few quick questions then. Um, the fiscal, have y'all ever done a fiscal impact study? What is what is the Joe Sixpack getting in return for the $15 million? Sure, sure. So we, on our website, we actually post that because it's part of the, uh, when the um, uh, legislature provided for that $15 million, they said, you know, every year put out what you spent. So in 2019, uh, we... Uh, paid out rebates of $25.1 million and had a total spend, this is direct spending, of $113.993 million, $113,993,000. Um, and if you want to do an economic impact, we, we do our economic impact factor of 1.9. That was a $216 million economic impact for the state for the $25 million that we gave away in 2019. So, um, you know, hopefully that that's, that's a... Uh, that's very substantial. It is. What else do y'all do besides recruit film? Sure. So we, we part of that $15 million that we get, the, the legislature wanted an educational component tapped in, tied into it. So we offer seminars, workshops every year for our crew to become better at what they do by bringing in professionals from L.A., New York, and letting them talk about what they do. And these are free seminars that we offer, usually Columbia, Charleston, sometimes up in the upstate, the Greenville area, to spread it around the state do it three or four of those a year. We also offer grants. Uh, we have an indie grant program that is probably very unique in all of the country in that we offer up to $35,000 for filmmakers to create a short film. 
to produce a short film. The, the little catch, of course, is it's government money. You have to help train our, our film students and bring them on board. So we give you money to make your film. You train our students so they become their, our new workforce down the line when we do recruit the bigger boys. So we offer that. Um, and, um, I, I, I talk to high schools, colleges to let kids know about all the, the jobs that are in this industry. You know, look at, look at the end of a film. You know, what do you notice? The credits, the credits, lots of different jobs. There's so many disciplines that they may not realize the industry re- need that, that doesn't require necessarily a college education. So if you want, if you're good at working with animals, you could be an animal wrangler. In fact, Dan Heydrich used to be one of the best animal wranglers. He was the one that trained those uh, swans to swim in the notebook. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that, that was a job. I mean, he got hired to do that. You get, they, they pay people, you know, to, to, to do greenery, you know, to make the forest look more jungly in, in forest comp. You know, so there, there's so many different jobs in this industry. And so we're all about trying to train our, our crew and our young people, give them opportunities so that they can hopefully join, join in this uh this wonderful uh, uh, entertainment uh, industry that we recruit to the state. Dan, I'm taking notes because I feel like, you know, Bernie's already got the location and his life is worthy of a movie. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how we do an independent, the life, you know, weekend at Bernie's, that's a whole different thing, but the life of Bernie, um, I the think that there might be some sort of, there's something here. So I may call you after yeah. and try to get something okay. working. Well, speaking of yeah, Catherine big Bell. Fish, big fish person. <laughs> Uh, Catherine Bell, uh, I, Nixon, were, were we speaking of her? <laughs> Nixon Pruitt, I represented Army Wise, and when the General Assembly was threatened to cut our incentives, um, which North Carolina General Assembly greatly cut the North Carolina film incentives, um, Army Wise agreed to send Catherine Bell to Columbia. She met with all the legislators, and uh, and so she was handing out autograph pictures, and it just said Catherine Bell. So of course she gave me one. Well, at the end of a very long, laborious day, I said, I want something better than that, and so she wrote. XOXO, Bernie. Nice. <laughs> you know, real quick, before we end, and we are going over here, so Dan, bear with us. Who would play you, Bernie? If we, Who would you want to play Bernie Maybank if we chose that, an actor? That would be Matthew McConaughey. Nice. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, Dan. Dan Rogers is Senior Project Manager at the South Carolina Film Commission. Thanks for your time and your expertise today. Absolutely. And uh, keep us posted as we start to progress and hopefully bring more folks back into South Carolina to start shooting again. Will do. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, Dan. And thanks for joining us on The Buzz, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>